In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the last Sunday in the Coptic month of Tut, and this month is the first month in the Coptic year. And the Church starts the Coptic year by talking to us about love of God the Father. So in the readings of the four Sundays, the love of God the Father was actually explained to us. In the first Sunday, the Church spoke to us about the counsel of God. The counsel of God. What is the plan of God toward us? What is the economy of God toward us? God wants all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why some people accepted the counsel of God, the plan of God for them, and went, repented, being baptized by John the Baptist, but others rejected the counsel of God toward them like the scribe and the Pharisees. And this was the Gospel of the first Sunday. The second Sunday, this love, God did not hide it, but he revealed this love toward us. The revelation of the love of God, the manifestation of the love of God. But some people actually were blind to see the revelation of God. But some people were enlightened to be able to see the revelation of the love of God. That's why the Gospel of the second Sunday is the prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ to the Father when he said, Thank you, Father, for you have hidden these things from the prudent and the wise, those who are wise in their understanding, but revealed them to the babes and infants, those who have purity in heart, and they are enlightened in their mind. So you can see also there is a common theme between the first Sunday and second Sunday. The prudent and the wise and the arrogant rejected the counsel of God toward themselves. And the same prudent actually were blind to see the revelation of the love of God toward them. But on the other side, the humble, the simple people, those who have pure heart like children, accepted the counsel of God and repented, and also they were able to see the revelation of the love of God. Last Sunday, which is the third Sunday of Tut, we did not read the readings of the third Sunday of Tut because last Sunday we celebrated the Feast of the Cross. But just for your knowledge, the third Sunday is about the repentance of the chaos. And here, the compassion of God. The chaos, all what he wanted is just to see the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Lord invited himself to the house of Zacchaeus, and he announces the good news to him 
that the salvation happened to the house of Zacchaeus. So the first Sunday, the counsel of God, second Sunday, the revelation of God, third Sunday is the compassion of God. Today, which is the last Sunday, is the acceptance of God through the gospel from Luke chapter 7 of this sinful woman when she heard that the Lord Jesus Christ is dining at the house of Simon, the Pharisee, she decided to go there. Also, Simon rejected her, but the Lord Jesus Christ accepted her. And this gospel, the church, because it is a very, very good example in repentance, that's why the church chose this gospel to be read every day in the second watch of the midnight hour of the Agbeya to remind to us about the importance of the repentance. And the Lord actually made a comparison here or a contrast. He said to Simon, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, teacher said, then the Lord said, there was a certain creditor. Creditor is God who had two debtors. We are every sin we commit make us in debt toward God. Every sin we commit is considered a debt toward God. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. So one was 10 times the debt of the other. One 500 and the other is 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. So, one person, his sins was ten times the sins of the other person. Of course, no way we can pay our debt. So our Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross in order to pay our debt and to forgive us freely. But the question here that the Lord asked Simon, which of them will love him more? For example, if there is two persons here who uh, borrowed money, one borrowed $500,000, and the other 50,000. And then the lender forgave them both. Which one will love the lender more? Definitely the one who was forgiven was 500,000. He will love him more than the other. So the message here, the person who feels that his sins are many and understand the forgiveness of God, that God forgive us freely, this person in return will love God more. But the person who is self-righteous and feels that he doesn't have many sins, 
and maybe does not understand the concept of forgiveness. So he left, his love toward God, you know, is not that much. And maybe even deep down in his heart, he might say, I don't need this forgiveness. I'm righteous. I don't do anything wrong. Like the Pharisee who entered and prayed, and he said, God, I thank you. I fast twice a, day, a week. I tithe of my money, and I'm not like the rest of the sinners. And since the Lord made this contrast between Simon and the sinful woman, I like actually to emphasize this comparison between these two sinners. We have two sinners here, Simon the Pharisee and the sinful woman. One of them, the sinful woman, she feels, admit, recognize her many, many sins. And the other one, he feels he's righteous. He's Pharisee. He keeps the law without breaking even the law requirement of the law. One of them, the sinful woman, she says with David, my sins all times before my eye. And because she is preoccupied with her sins, she doesn't see the sins of others. The other, the righteous, the Pharisee, he feels he has every right to judge others. He judges the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, if he is a prophet, he judged even the sinful woman and said, she is a sinner. And maybe he, he felt defiled to allow a sinful woman inside his house. And maybe he regret, regretted inviting the Lord Jesus Christ inside his house. Because this man proved to me in his mind that he is not a prophet. If he was a prophet, he would know the manner of this woman. One of them, the sinful woman, who recognizes her many sins and is not distracted by the sins of others, her love toward the God grow and became abundant love toward the God. But this person who is judging others and self-righteous and arrogant and prideful, his love to God is little or maybe null. This woman, the Lord told her at the end, your faith has saved you. Which faith? She had faith in his acceptance, in his forgiveness, in his love. She went to the house of Simon with no reluctance, with no doubt, with no hesitation that the Lord would accept her. But Simon believes that he had faith. What kind of faith? I believe that I have the knowledge. 
I believe that the, I have the right interpretation of the scripture. I believe that I know better, better than this man, that I thought he is a prophet. I know better than him because I know the manner of this woman. She is a sinner. But he, if he was a prophet, he would know her manner. And the question here, how a religious leader like Simon is so blind like this? There is a spirit in the world. This spirit is called the spirit of deception or the spirit of deceive. This spirit actually is the spirit of Satan. Because Satan is called the deceiver. Satan is called the deceiver. And actually, he deceived our mother Eve and our father Adam. And Satan, how he deceived the people, he makes them to believe a lie. That's deception. And definitely either the liar and father of every, every liar. In the end of the days, the spirit of the deception will be actually very, very active. And many, many people will be deceived. So, Satan tried to deceive the sinful woman and tried to deceive Simon. But the sinful woman did not fall a victim to his deception, but unfortunately Simon fell a victim to his deception. But let me tell you and explain to you how Satan deceived both group of people. Because these two sinners represent all of us. All of us are sinners. Some of us are like the sinful woman. We acknowledge our sins and we know that we need a savior. Some of us, we feel self-righteous. We feel arrogant. We are arrogant, feel self-righteous, and we don't need a savior. I know it all. Even if I said intellectually I need a savior, that's just I say it. But down deep in my heart, I, I need it all. So let me start how Satan deceives the person who acknowledges his sin. He will tell him, I am useless. I'm useless. I'm a failure. There is no hope in me. There is no hope in me. And I'm sure Satan tried to deceive this sinful woman that there is no hope in her. But she said, my trust, my hope, my confidence is not in me, but in God. Also, Satan deceived the sinner who acknowledged his sins by telling him, God doesn't love you. God doesn't accept you. 
And actually, I personally, I hear many people come to me saying, I know that God doesn't love me. And I tell him, no. No, for sure, God loves you. God is love. God, God cannot do anything except love. And I'm sure Satan tried to deceive the sinful woman by telling her, God does not love you. But she did not believe this lie. And she came to the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in the love of God that was manifested to us. Also, Satan tried to deceive these sinners by making them believe that they don't know how to love God. They will tell you something like, I want to love him, but I don't know how. I don't feel that I love God. I don't know how to love God. And make them doubt even their love toward God. When somebody comes to me and tells me I don't love God, I tell him, why you are talking to me? The very fact that you came to the church and seeking advice and meeting with one of the fathers of the church, this proves, this in itself, an evidence that you love God. And you are here seeking reconciliation with God. Don't let Satan deceive you and make you believe that you don't love God. No, you love God. Even if you fell in so many sins, God did, did not come to call righteous, but he came to call sinners to repentance. He may tell you, I don't know what to do to save myself. And my reply to this, you are not required to save yourself because the Lord saved you. You need just to accept his gift of salvation. So one of the things that Satan deceived the people when they try to convince them that they cannot save themselves. But we are not required to save ourselves. If we can save ourselves, then we don't need a savior. But the fact that we have a savior, he came to save all of us. And we need just to accept this gift of salvation. Satan, he might tell the, this, these people, I deserve every punishment. I deserve the fire of the, the hell. Yes, because of our sins, all of us will deserve this. But God came to save us and to give us eternal life and to transfer us to the, his own kingdom, to make us his own children and heirs of the kingdom of God. And blood of our Lord Jesus Christ can save all our sins. There is no sin cannot be forgiven. All our sins will be forgiven when we repent and return back to him. So these are some of the lies that Satan actually used to deceive people who acknowledge their sins and their sins is clear in front of their eyes. But exactly the opposite of these lies, he used them 
to deceive the arrogant, the self-righteous, as he deceived Simon the Pharisee. And this woman did not believe the lies of the deceiver. But unfortunately, Simon the Pharisee believed the lies of the deceiver. What are the lies? The first lie that I am right. Everything else around me is wrong. I know it all. My opinion is right. My decision is right. My vision is right. That's what he said. If he is a prophet, he would know what manner of woman. I know, but she do he doesn't. So that's the first deception. So beware. If you think all the time, I am right, I am right, I am right. Maybe that's the spirit of deception attacking you. The second, he believes that although he did not repent, because he doesn't need repentance, that God is happy with him. And he will tell you something, I know God is happy with me. God is pleased with me. And you may argue with him and tell him, but about this sin? But what about you are breaking this commandment clearly? He will twist the, the, the interpretation, but he will tell you, but I know God is, my, is, is on my side. God loves me. God, of course, God loves everybody. Uh, God accepts me. Yes, let me tell you, God accepts every sinner. But God does not accept the non-repentance of the sinner. That's why God did not say to this man today, Simon, he did not tell, tell him, your saved has saved you. He did not tell him, your sins are forgiven. The third deception that in spite of his sins and his arrogance, he believed that he loved God. And all his actions of this self-righteousness are demonstration that he loves God. And the commandment says, who loves me will keep my commandment. But no, he actually believed that he keeps the commandment of God. And he is totally blind that he is breaking all the commandment of God. This man broke the commandment of judgment. Don't judge. He judges the Lord and judges the woman. He broke the commandment of humbleness by being arrogant and self-righteous. He broke the commandment of forgiveness by not forgiving this woman. He broke the commandment of love by showing no hospitality to the Lord Jesus Christ. He broke many, many commandments, but he was blind. And he believed that he loved God and he kept all the commandments. But what is more dangerous than this? That he believes, because he is righteous, he believes that he is the savior of the world. And his responsibility is to save the world. 
That's why he goes around trying to save, judge other, condemn other, kick others, insult others. And he feels that he is doing this with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when actually you tell him, by what authority you are doing this? He will tell you, John the Baptist did the same. Yes, but John the Baptist was called from God to do this. Not anybody can say, I'm John the Baptist, and go and rebuke kings and rebuke uh, people for their sins. They have to be called from God. He will tell you why, why you are uh, uh, rebuking me for saving the world. Didn't Jesus Christ enter the temple and cleanse the temple? I'm doing the same. Yes, but Jesus is God. Who are we to claim the same? Are we called from God to do this or not? So, the spirit of deception deceive people. Deceive the sinners to make them more miserable and hopeless and deceive the self-righteous to make them more prideful and more arrogant to feel that they are gods and they forget their own sins. That's why in 1 John chapter 4, in verse 6, the Bible teaches us how to be able to recognize the spirit of deception. How to be able to know whether this voice you are hearing is from God or from Satan. Because Satan can transform himself into an angel of light. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 6, he said, We are of God, meaning we are called and we are appointed by God. He who knows God hears us, and who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, God appointed stewards. God called certain people to be his stewards. And these who are appointed by God, as St. John said, he who is not of God does not hear us. But he who is from God hears us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, if we come and we listen to the church, to those who are appointed by God, if we listen to them, keeping in mind the interpretation of the scripture and the teaching of the early church fathers, then definitely we are not following the spirit of the deception or the spirit of error. But if we feel, if we follow our own mind, and if we follow false teachers, and if we follow false prophets, then definitely we are following the spirit of error. 
May the Lord protect us from the spirit of error. May the Lord give us the heart of this sinful woman in order to love him more and to hear this voice full of joy. Your sins are forgiven. Your faith has saved you. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.